Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Introducing the Dunkin' Run, a dollar donut with any medium coffee. A whole new era of... I'm going on a Dunkin' Run. You want anything? Yeah, maybe a jelly donut and an iced coffee. You got it. Wait, actually glazed donut and a hot coffee. Mm. Okay, back on track. Make it a Dunkin' Run. Get a $1 donut with any medium coffee. America runs on Dunkin'. Exclude specialty donuts and fancies. Offer valid on medium or larger coffees. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. All right, let's get this party started with us. All right. All right, welcome to On My Block, the Green Bay Packer podcast. I'm your host, Amon Green, along with my good friend and great teammate, Mike Wallman. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. Enjoying this bye week, man. Glad to be back. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, enjoying the bye week. I was able to watch a lot of crazy stuff from college football and all the Big Ten championship SEC playoff pick. You know, was it the playoff college playoffs getting – you know, set up for the next month and then bowl games, everybody getting picked for their bowl games in terms of their record and where they're going. And so that was cool on Saturday. And then Sunday, again, some amazing football being played a late season. I say push for a lot of these teams and then let season late season. I don't know what's going on with some of these teams. It's like some of them, this was that that week that was just nuts, man. I mean, Lincoln Riley, hundred million SC, Right. Ryan Kelly leaving. Like, I, listen, I'm I'm from the West Coast. I, I live in SEC, like Big 12 country now, so I get it. Right. But I remember, like, Notre Dame's on NBC, guys. It's Every day. Every yeah, week. They, every Saturday. They, you, are, you have prime position in the biggest TV network in, in the country, and you're going to go ahead and say, oh, I'm moving out of LSU. He's obviously saying he can't win a, he can't win a championship, right? He Basically. can't win a championship at, at, at Notre Dame, but another hundred million dollar deal. The way he left, the way he left was like so. Was you, you got to leave? I know the time you got to leave. It just the way that it played out, like the fact he was in the room for like two minutes and like told his guys, two fingers, man, I'm out. Like it was right. just, it was, it's such a bad look. Then he, then he got that. You see, he went over to the uh, LSU basketball game. He had a, he had a southern accent. All of a sudden, <laughs> this dude, I didn't know this that. He's trying out a southern accent. <laughs> So he just oh jumped in. God. He just went in head first. Like, let me just get Bro. all into this thing here. I did not know he did that. Oh, man. And the, the only man, the money, the check already signed. You don't have to fake it anymore, bro. Like, True. you got however. You from Massachusetts. Man. <laughs> and that's the rough part. Just think about that. Like, he's still getting paid oh. from two places now. And as we well, say. I think they have to buy out. I think. Because well, I know. I know. Right. Lincoln, I think. I think SC. Because, like, the Lincoln-Riley deal, I, I, mean, I just glanced at it, but it was like, someone was like, man, can you believe this? They got, like, a private jet all the time. They buy out right. the OU contract. They buy both his houses in Norman. They buy him a house in the hills in Hollywood. What? Then everything else, you know, you start, you start going, like, D-. people don't understand it's funny money, man, because that money, especially at USC, money. it's a private college. That's not even real money. That's just like, hey, boosters, can I get some money? Okay. Right. It's dumb stuff. I mean, I remember a few years ago when um... – 
the coach from FSU. I can't think of his name right now. Bobby? Um, but no, Bobby. Uh, uh, Jimbo. Jimbo Fisher went to Texas A&M. A&M right now. Or yeah. A&M, I'm sorry. From, yeah, he's right from down Florida. Street. Yeah, from Florida State to Texas A&M. You're in Austin. So he got that 10-year, $95 million coming out of FSU where he pretty much grew up. I'm just sitting there like, wow. I'm like, they're making it hard for us, man. They're making it hard You know hard you can us. get – you know it's like a new – like. It's so good for people to get new challenges in their life too. And so we always look at the money, but it's also the challenge, the opportunity. Like there's so many things that go into it, Yeah. but it's, so, it's just like when we were starting out, man, like I always tell this story, Antonio Freeman signed for like a $5 million signing bonus. And like, I was like, Oh my God, that is the most money I've ever even heard of. And I know Brett, I'm sure Brett was making more at the time and everything, but you know, Correct. Like you don't yeah. even count quarterbacks, but yeah, coming and out now, of college though. Yeah. Right. You just like, yeah. And hey. now you're just like, like, dude, like the, the 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 fifth receiver on the team is making five million bucks this you know this year. You know what I mean? Exactly. All right, here's the rundown different. of yeah, real quick. Lincoln Riley's contract details not confirmed, but best uh, this uh, Robert Hefner the fifth can do on Twitter: 110 million USC buying out both homes, like you said, in Norman for 500 thousand over asking a million dollar um, bonus, buying a six million dollar home in Los Angeles. For him, unlimited use of the private jet 24 hour for him and his family. Hashtag Sooners, hashtag Trojans. Bam. <laughs> well, here's the deal. I remember when Sark was there. Because I've always thought, like, hey, you know, there was that, that, that debate on whether or not, hey, should, should you be a pro? Is it better to be a pro coach or a college coach? And I remember when Sark right. was there, yeah. they had a home game on Saturday and Friday night, he was being helicoptered around to like Sarah like all these big time high school yeah. football programs, but he was helicoptering around Friday night to drop in and let people know that he was watching. I, and I just went like, okay, that sounds like the worst job in the world. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I know it's a helicopter and everything. I was like, for, you can forget about that. So these guys right. are earning their money for sure with the amount of money they bring into the schools, the recruiting that they do. And, and it, especially, listen, you go to a place like USC and you're a proven winner, man. Like there's, there's no ceiling to what that guy's going to be able to do in the next 10 years. Yeah, it is. It is. It's going to be interesting football. Um, comp- hopefully competitive and not just a, a poop down your leg type thing. You get there and then nothing happens. But I don't think that's going to happen with weekend. He's uh, had great results with a lot of quarterbacks. He didn't put in NFL um, from Baker, you know, Heisman Trophy winners, uh, Kyler Murray. So he has the he definitely has the resume. Now we just got to see if he's going to put up, put it all up and see what happens out in L.A. Hopefully he don't get distracted too much by the Hollywood Hills. And what goes on in Hollywood, <laughs> as we know, it's how he is Hollywood now, man. Now, right. We the both. thing is, when you in LA, is like people want to see you. Exactly. So that's the great thing about being an athlete in California and LA in particular. Is I remember when Pete Carroll was having success, man. Like Snoop Dogg was calling, like, "Hey, I'm going to come to your meeting." You know what I mean? Like, right. Like that. That that's you dope. go to their you go to their spring practices, and it's like, man, Snoop's over there. And then you got, you got Charles White and Keyshawn and all those guys yep. over here in the red jackets. Song girls over here. They got two DJs playing. It's like, man, I can see myself pretty happy here. This is all right. Right. It's not bad. But the only thing killed me, and we both know this being Cali kids, uh, state taxes. But he probably won't be a big thing for him. I don't know. But state taxes still irk me about yeah, LA, right. About it's Cali. like, yeah, that's <laughs> that's like something that you and me can hang on to. Like, oh yeah, but you still got to play state taxes. He's like, yeah, I just made one hundred ten million dollars. Okay, <laughs> I, I want to see I'm that. Gonna be, check, I'm gonna though. be all right. I'm gonna, I'm be, gonna all right. be all right. Right. I just, but I still want to see that though. You know, I'm, I like to see that. This be like that 10 20 percent coming hey man out i'm out of california i'm done with the state taxes i'm Me not too. going back i'm I not it. going i'm going to visit and, and do work on the side but <clears throat> if 
if anything, I'll be closer to you soon, uh, sooner than later. But uh, let's get into these uh, Packers. So bye week came up and uh, you got here, you know, we're talking about just we're going into a bye week, uh, bye week for the Packers. And then so what were the top things that we talk about, you know, going to bye week? I know from, you know, when we were playing, obviously it's number one, hill up. Get away from the game a little bit if you can. I remember Coach Sherman, he was just would say that. And then Mike McCarthy really put it out there. He's like, guys, get away from the game. This is your week to do what you want to do. He said, if anything, reconnect with your family. That's number one. Um, but don't even think about football. This is your week to have that. Sometimes Coach Sherman maybe gave us like a half a week off. We'll get like till Thursday. <laughs> yeah, right. No, we, like, we get that. We get that like Thursday practice. He's like, man, you get Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'll see you yeah. Monday. It's like, oh, thanks, it's, coach. Yeah, we got buy eight. <laughs> we got to buy an eight hundred dollar ticket for the family to fly home. Like, come on, come on, Coach Sherman. Trina and I used to go to Chicago, man, because I was like, that's far enough. That's a real city. Yeah, you know what I mean, that's a big time city. It was far enough away. We go. I go get it. Um, I'd always go get a hotel at the Westin downtown Chicago, Miracle yep. Mile. Yeah, we would sit there and they had this prime rib hash and we would sit there every morning, eat prime rib hash and just go walk around the shops and not, you know, for a couple of days, go eat real well. They got all those restaurants like yep. death row restaurants down there, man. And yep. Gibson, go eat real well. Gibson Steakhouse. Oh, man, yes. they got some they got some good place. Chicago's a good town, but I, yeah. we used to enjoy that. But yeah, it was always, uh, I don't know, for me, bye weeks. It's just the one thing about bye weeks is depending on on where the bye week is, it's. Do you need to reset or, or are you worried about like losing momentum? Like you rolling into right. bye week just doing mm-hmm. well. It's like you have you just have to have the right mindset. Like, hey man, we're healing up, we're not losing momentum. And especially now with all the Thursday games, it's like we were talking about, like we didn't, we were only getting three, four days off anyways. So it's like right. now with the Thursday games, more often than not, I, I kind of feel like the bye week's almost like baked in as far as we're used to handling that extended period of time. And these teams aren't in, in jeopardy of losing momentum. I know there's some teams that are coming off bye week are terrible, but I just don't see yeah. the Packers being that way at all. No, they're not. They go into the bye week beating the Rams pretty, you know, doing doing what they needed to do to win that game. And then contender, and then coming into that, coming into this week now, they have the Bears, as we know, they're 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 the Bears right now. They, they're they a, a, a team. You could say so many cliches, a tra- in team in transition, a team in rebuilding. Oh, they team- no, they're about to be in transition after this season, man. Right. When that, hey, when Black Monday comes, Woo-wee. I'll see you, you, you. This whole, this whole, this whole division, man. I tell you what. Right. Did uh, what Mike Homer used to say when I was in? I know he said he might have said it here. I know in Seattle he said uh, an apple on a bus ticket. You out of here, like deuces. It's like man. Mm-hmm. Too bad so- pass says before the bus stop. That's what he used to tell us. Exactly. Yeah, two sets away from the bus stop, bro. Yeah, yeah, and that's a that means you on your way out. So we saw the bear. I mean, I don't know if you watched the bear games. I caught the Bears game. It was the first game on um Sunday at twelve mm-hmm. o'clock, and you know, obviously they got things to work on. You know, it's some. It's, I'm trying to give them some good there. You know, a good thing is they got Justin Field on the sideline that's healing up for next year. I guess um, the defense is there, but that's about it. You know, they have. You know, Andy Dalton is trying to do his job, but can't set his feet right to throw a ball, you know, to simple dump routes to where the ball gets tipped, it gets intercepted. You know, he just mechanically, you you would think he would be there, but being a pro quarterback, but you just see the difference between, because I, I see the throw that he makes to the flat and it gets tipped and then intercepted. I'm like, when Tom Brady does that throw, it's hitting the guy in his, in his hands in stride or putting it on his body. One of the two It's not over his head behind him to where then 
the it sets up the DB or the linebacker for a pick uh, pick six basically or interception. So it just shows you mechanically different. Even though he's a, Dalton is a pro quarterback, that other quarterbacks you compare them, you look at their technician, you know, their technique on what they do and how they do it, and you so you could tell he may not obviously emphasize those simple little throws. Cause you got, if you don't have them throws down pat, just as the bigger throws you got to do to set your feet in and fire it or put touch on it, then it, it shows up in the end, a little throws like he, like he put in, you know, in that game. So, so yeah. yeah so I'll say, you know, then they have the, you know, so Packers got the chance to cleanse the division, you know, by beating these bears this week. And then, like you said, returning guys coming back, David Bakatari's coming back potentially this game, if not. And, and if he doesn't come back this game, I wouldn't be surprised because it's the bears. And from a coaching standpoint, from a healing standpoint, it's like, look, we could, we could, we could ride, we could ride this thing out maybe one more week to get you really ready for the playoffs. We we know that we he you know the scheme, you know, with the block, how to block. You're a pro bowler, you're a veteran on the team. So you know what? If we could maybe push this to one more week, give you more time to get a hundred percent better, um, then I could see some, you know, uh, some conversations happen, uh, happening like that with Dave and, and the coaching staff. Yeah, but they have. I agree with you, except for. What's the if you're going to point to one strength of the Chicago Bears and their entire team, it's probably their D line. Yeah, they got Robert Quinn coming off that side. They got Mac coming off the other side. They got uh, Keem Hicks in the middle. Is, is, is uh, Mac going to be back? Because he was hurt. yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. But right. even even then, they've got like that's that is their strength. And so it is. if I'm Bakhtiari, you know, it's always tough with with ACLs because they'll throw stats out like um, you know for every week past your due date that you rest you get like another six percent chance of not injuring it or i mean there's there's always like this reason to keep going but at some point you just got to get out and play and just if he's feeling good if if he's feeling good and we can start getting reps with him because we're already missing three guys i think that i think that would be i think that would be to our benefit you know and just Mm -hmm. because there's there's the talent side of it and then there's the fact that he's gonna be working with john running jr for the first time ever like there's a lot of things that go into yep. when you start thinking about a push. It's like, man, I'd rather get that push against a team that we know we should be. We already know he's going to play well, but I already start. I'd like to get those reps against guys that are good guys on defensive line. But we're going to be, we're yeah. probably going to find a way to win this game regardless. Yeah. So it just depends on it. it you know, obviously it depends on the medical staff and, and of course what uh, what the big man is 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 thinking. But I'd love to see him back this week. Yeah, and uh, the medical staff, I'm not worried about. You know, flee. He's the head strength, uh, no head trainer now, mm-hmm. and we know Flea. We both know Flea does an outstanding job in making sure, yet as an athlete, that we're we got everything we need to get healthy and get out on that field. But uh, to add on that layer, what you just said about getting back there now, he's working with a, a, a rookie or a young guy to his right, so he's setting back. He got to understand, you know, like they got to have that understanding. Like, all right, when we're doing this play, let me know. You know, you got to have that unverbal verbal that conversation be like all right on the, on these run plays we're gonna do this right or these you gotta have that already worked out because you don't want to then be in like oh sh- oh crap mode like man uh where were you or i thought you were there so i was going so you gotta get those uh fished out with uh the linemen not just running but other uh other guys on the front because obviously they're gonna be et's coming at them um if mac is back then yeah be ready to really put on your seatbelt and uh be ready to go so uh, so what is the biggest areas of opportunity for this stretch for these, for these Packers, Mike? Yeah, I think for the, you know, I use the word areas or the words areas of opportunity. I'm usually saying like, what are our deficiencies? What are the things we have to get better at the most? I was trying not to be negative, but right. Gotcha. When I look at, when I look at, I guess from an offensive standpoint, 
And I love Mercedes Lewis. He's he's my favorite block, blocking tight end in the league. We are still with those two young guys. I know Duars you know, coming along, and this guy I'm not complaining about him. But what are our areas of opportunity? Like we're pretty we're pretty stacked across the board right now, right? Our right. offensive line obviously could get better, but if we're looking at one position where I just love to see somebody step up and stretch the field a little bit more, it's from that tight end position, right? So having mm-hmm. a guy. And so Tunyon's I, like Tunyon's one of those groups that I don't even really consider a tight end because he can't block with a damn. And I know he's injured, but it's right. like I, I'd love to be able to get one of those George Kittle, like Rob Gronkowski, like guys like they had monster day. Both those guys had monster days yesterday, Huge and they're days. so good. Yes, they're they so did. good in the run game, and they can stretch the defense. Their matchups in the passing game. You actually have to, you know, you can't play nickel when they're in the game. If you do, they're going to burn you. Like they really yep. create true matchup nightmares, and I think for a long time. I think for a long time in the NFL, we would we would label a guy a tight we'd label a, a Jimmy Graham a tight end who a receiver exactly. who can't block is is not a physical guy like Mike Jacecki guy down there in Miami like he's in no way shape or form is he a tight end he's just a tall volleyball player who can jump and catch the ball so I mean, that's fine that's great but let's just call them what they are like those aren't those don't, those shouldn't at least affect defenses in the way that they have for the last you know fifteen years. Whereas now you, you get these guys like Kittle that can legit block Gronkowski, that can legit block, and they can stretch the defense. Man, those are nightmare guys. So yes. I'd love to just see. I think Dewar seems to be that guy that maybe we can keep working on and have him develop a little bit more because that's a huge weapon in the playoffs. Obviously, again, working with Mercedes Lewis. Yeah, and, that's, and that is that big layer of the tight ends and blocking is huge. Yeah, because – you're not threatened by a guy who just catches passes because we you know he's not going to get in there and grind um, with the offside linebackers tackles coming down doing the wham stuff you know it's like it is a it's a uh, what is the word a liability when you don't have those guys that are all well-rounded uh, tight ends that got the whole game and I'll say for we're talking about deficiency because when I saw the question I wasn't sure which way you were going I put in here uh, earn, earn a number one seed to the playoffs and mm-hmm. get that first round by but from a Weakness to strength standpoint, <clears throat> I'm going to add a layer on to there with uh, wide receivers. Find that next guy that's going to step up. It's playoff time. Now we see Mar- Marquez back healthy again, Aquamina say Brown. Last two games, they have showed up. So continue those two guys show up because we already know Devontae is going to do Devontae. He's going to be out there. He's going to work the defensive back, whoever is on them. He's going to work the coverages. They're going to obviously try to shift to bracket him and do what they need to do to try to stop, try to stop Devontae, but they're not, you know, it's going to be tough. But now to make that job easier for him, Lazard, um, Valdez, Gatling, Brown, continue to step up. Now they're playing against, they were making those big plays, you know, against Vikings, against teams that they should beat. Now these games coming up, we got a book run of, of you got two games. You got Ravens and Browns. They got good defensive backfields. They got a good defense overall, both teams. Um, and they got a good pass rush on both sides. Um, for both teams. So now where are those deep, where are those running, where are the wide receivers going to show up against those teams that are playoff caliber teams and that have been deep into the playoffs with terms of the Ravens and see what they're going to do against them and show up. So that's why I see that from the bye yeah. week. If coaches harped on that coming in, you know, coming in and out of the bye week. And, and I, I think Lazard was, I think Lazard had a good start to the season and then he got, he got, he got hurt. So yep. He's still coming back. So yeah, I definitely agree that him, him, getting back to hundred percent and MVS coming in and obviously Aquaman and St. Brown, who we actually earlier in the season, we're talking about, he didn't want any of that right, life, right back, but he's, he's come Something. out. He's, 
He's played, he's played pretty well the last couple of weeks, happy for him. And obviously it's going to add another right layer of, of, of depth to that, the weapons that we have at wide receiver. And maybe the only thing else on from a defensive line set, listen, first of all, cornerbacks got to get healthy, right? We got to get yep. Jair Anders Alexander back in the back. game. Got to see where Kevin King's at from a mental standpoint, as far as like, who's going to like, who's playing Rasul Douglas or Kevin King, who's playing Douglas or Stokes, like when when if we get everybody healthy, they're gonna have, there's gonna be some decisions that have to be made. It's almost they have a, I want to say they have a wealth of talent, but I think truthfully, there's some guys you can rely on, and there's some guys that you're still up in the air about. So we got to figure that I out agree. a little bit. Yep. And I then with Z that. coming back, Z Smith's gonna eventually Zedarius is gonna be back, right? And so now we got, we get another, um, we get another two weeks here of Gary mm-hmm. healing on that elbow. Right, yep. because he—you got to remember all the damage he did last week. He was doing with his, with his kind of offhand, yeah. right? He he switched over to right defense, the right side of the uh, of the defense instead of the left. Exactly. So now yeah. we can use him on both spots. <clears throat> That's going to pay big dividends for him and the defense long term. If you get Z Smith back and he's anywhere near where he was last year or the year before, like exactly. all of a sudden, def- offensive lines have a real problem. Preston Smith is playing just he's a really good. He's not a flashy player right now, but he just gets the job done. He's been great in the run game. He creates yep. pressure, pressure equals picks. Kenny Clark, he creates pressure, pressure equals picks. They don't have big sack numbers, yep. but they're they're fantastic in the run. Now you bring that other element. And I think we really I just get really excited about the prospect of the Green Bay Packers having like a legitimate, I don't care. Like the numbers don't matter to me, T- top 10, top whatever, mm-hmm. but a legitimate defense that can stop the run, take the ball away and rush the passer. I, I love it. I just love the opportunity that we have going into these last five. And then obviously so far on the playoffs. Yeah. And, and I mentioned already, they got, you know, Browns and the Ravens who are contenders for the playoffs for the AFC that they're facing. Somebody better tell the Browns, AG. I don't think right, that right now. <laughs> well, true. <laughs> well, the Ravens are, they're there. They're they're just playing against. They're getting beat up. They're they're in what this was the old division called the black and blue. Or no, yeah. we were called our division was black and blue. I take that back. That was our division, the NFC North. But I would say the AFC North is also the black and blue because going in that division, you know, they are back and forth, winning games, losing games, going to overtime, going to tie. You know, in terms of the Steelers and all them. So that those teams are definitely beating each other up. But. Like I said, for this team, for this Packer team, them coming, you know, one, I think, is it, I'm not, a Ravens, they're going to Baltimore, and then Cleveland's coming here, I believe. I didn't see that, but I know they got them on the record. And then they got the Vikings and the Lions and uh, coming down the, the shoot for Packer game or for games of the week there. So how important, for well, the next question here, how important is home field advantage for these Packers? So, you know what, AG, this is probably going to hurt a lot of people's feelings, but and I remember we went <laughs> we went like 26 years without losing under cold weather. There's all these things. We lost to Atlanta. It was terrible. Yeah, yeah, we were. Lambeau Field is an amazing that. place to play. I think it is Yankee Stadium for football. Like, I don't think there's a better professional building Agreement. in the country, except the only one that even compares is Arrowhead Stadium down in Kansas City. That's an amazing stadium as well. Yep, Kansas City too. But from I agree with you 100%. A, strictly from a, an advantage standpoint, I mean, if it's cold and we have a cold weather team now because A.J. Dillon especially – I think A.J. Dillon changes the game, like changes the conversation yeah. right there. Aaron yeah. Rodgers can play anywhere, which not a lot of people can play. But, like, the crowd noise in Lambeau is enthusiastic, but it's not that loud. Like, it doesn't really help the defense as much as, like, let's say going back to Minnesota. Like, Minnesota's, Minnesota's crowd noise 
hurts us, right? right. So yeah. there's places there's places that are different from an advantage standpoint. Now, not having to travel, getting all that, having the advantages yeah. of cold weather, depending on what team comes in here. Like, you know how it is, bro. Like, if you are in January and you're sitting on the sidelines, you're ready to go in, and yeah. you see the entire defense huddled around that little space heater they got, you're like, oh, man, we, we fixed we it got with these guys. Yeah, yeah we fixed we it like- with these guys bad because they're worried about being cold, man. We're over here laughing it up. Like, we don't yeah. care at all. I'm going to add in real quick. I don't know if you've been to the stadium since they added the South Stadium. Now they closed mm-hmm. off the, the, the South Stadium. I don't know. That might bring in a little uh, noise. I'm not saying it's the- bad. I'm right. just saying, <clears throat> like, you almost got vertigo in damn in, in the old Minnesota you Stadium. You know what and, I mean? And, so and, and, uh, and uh, was it Pontiac? I played in Pontiac once or oh. twice. Remember that place? Dude. Well, Pontiac, I'm, you want to talk about bad with Pontiac, bro. The, oh. the crowd noise was bad, but – when you roll, we rolled into Pontiac one year before Thanksgiving. Ag, yeah. they were rolling out the old Astro turf, on right directly onto the concrete, and we were I remember like, oh, that. Yeah, oh I, I don't God. know if it was that trip, but I know they did it. I know when yeah. I first, when my first year, when we went out there, my first year, I rode up into that stadium. And was like, bro, my high school feels better than this. <laughs> I'm like, this is a pro stadium. I'm like, oh. oh. Man. Yeah, it was we bad news, have, bro. Yeah, there's some good news. places to play in the league. I think certainly playing outdoors with the back, like I, again, AJ Dillon, I think is a big difference maker in that situation because all of a sudden, like tackling just a, it's just a little bit harder to tackle a 250 pound guy when it's cold outside. Oh man. Like, yeah, people don't want that smoke at all. Yeah, people had a problem with me. I was 220, you know. And yeah, uh, but you, but you, you, in your mind, you were about 275. So that, that you right, <laughs> hey, you are. Damn, you couldn't say it any better myself, Mike. <laughs> you know me. You know me very well. But I'm going to agree with you. The weather, it's sort of a factor. It just depends on the players coming into the stadium, where they play college ball, where they're originally from. Um, as we know, I remember my first year here. It was last game of the season. If you remember, the it was the Tampa Bay game, if you remember that game. And it was really cold. And we were we – were, we, we had missed the playoffs by, like, one, one, or, one or two games. And so – that game was just more of a – it was a divisional game, but it was more of a game of pride. Like, look, we yeah. don't still beat y'all up because they were going to the playoffs. And I remember one play sequence, I ran the ball, got tackled, walking back to the huddle, and Warren Sapp, he, like, nudges me. He's like, hey, G, hey, y'all had this game yesterday, bro. It's too damn cold up here. <laughs> I was like, thank you, bro. I figured that we was going to kick y'all butt anyway, even if it was warm out here or not. He was going to let y'all have it going to the playoffs. <laughs> Hey, every team's got something, right? When I was down in Miami, I remember uh, – I'm not going to name this guy's name and, and, and call him out, but, like, we, we were playing the Steelers. Right. Right? And we're, and we're and it's hot out, dude. It's like – I forgot. It might have been September. It's right. hot out. And this dude is throwing up on the field, right? And we're like – and he's playing bad. He was a good player, and he was playing bad. And we're like – Right. So we ended up winning the game. We're like – we're kind of surprised we beat – you know, the Dolphins weren't that good, and the Steelers were a really good team. Right. And we found out this dude was at the club the night before oh. all night. So every, Miami's got problems too. Like True. anywhere you go, you got to deal with something, man. I, and I tell you what, if I'm a coach, I'd much rather go to Lambo and take my, my team down to Miami with all that going on. Exactly. <laughs> it was nuts, man. I'm that, telling you the truth. Is, you wouldn't believe that's... it unless you saw it with your own eyes. Right. Right. So what's um going into this game and it says what factors into that in terms of the weather, the fans, and uh, winning these games coming up here for the regular rest of the regular season and going to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I mean, certainly <clears throat> you have to do your job in the regular season. The, the games changed because there's only there's only one bye week, right? And you can there's only like home field advantage. Like there's only that one shortest path to the Super Bowl now. Like you don't get the two teams with the buys anymore. Mm-hmm. Listen, 
with the with the weapons offensively that are in the NFC. You think about the contenders in the NFC. You yeah. Start with the Arizona Cardinals. Like you don't want to go have a track meet with the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. No. That's not something that that we should be looking forward to. I know we already went out there and, and had success. But that's a fast track. That's an indoor environment. That place will get loud and hopping. If 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 it's the, the situation, which it looks like it probably would be now, would be like the, for the NFC Championship, right? Right. <clears throat> LA Rams still out there, fast track. You just start yeah. looking around. It's like, okay, we don't want to be in places where the offense can exploit their their weapons as much. And so, when yep, you look Tampa, around the league, Dallas, Tampa, right. yeah, it's all Dallas, right? Indoors, Tampa's beautiful weather, twenty four seven. So right. it's like we're really the only place when you look at con- real contenders that it would have a dramatic effect on their ability to, you know, the defensive lineman's ability to get off the ball fast enough, yeah. right? The, the receiver's ability to run clean routes. Like those things matter. Jeez. Like even if like you remember this, dude, like how many times did a team come in to Lambo and change their cleats like two or three times before halftime? And so they're basically Easy. just they're basically just wasting away because what happens? You slip on a route or you drop a ball. Oh, I need new gloves. Oh, my gloves are wet. Oh, I need new cleats. I need to change my cleats out. And then it's in your head yep. the whole day. They're, they're all worried about the cleats, worried about that stuff instead of worried about beating the Packers. Yeah. And I remember that. I remember regular season games, playoff games where guys are doing this after a catch. And you know, or are they like, you know, you got their shoes off, they talking to the equipment manager on their squad on their sidelines and it is a thing and for us we had the luxury of red batting and his team and they're really really good and they had everything ready to go for us pre-game actually early in the week we already knew red why. red wouldn't let us get out on the field without the right cleats on he wouldn't exactly. even let us now nah, you're not going out with those hey 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 no 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 yeah. ag come here i got you i got you ag i got you i'm gonna take care of you he do this right here i get i take care of you ag uh, he, he is the best i just got some jerseys from him um, that I'm gonna put up here in the basement here, and uh, but yeah, still taking, still doing his job, still doing his job. So you kind of touched on it a little bit, you know, the, about the teams in the NFC scared of or have ton of respect for. So you mentioned, you know, you started off with the Rams, you started with, we, I mentioned the Buccaneers. So going to that a little bit more in depth, what what's up with those teams? Well, listen, because now it's now it's jockeying yeah. for playoff position, basically. Right, and you just you just like who are your biggest threats? And I, I think realistically, anybody in the NFC who makes the playoffs has enough offensive firepower at any given point to drop 30. And that's yeah. what you're really worried about. Right. Because we, I think, I think from a Packers perspective, you're always confident that we're going to be able to score points in a playoff game. I know it doesn't always happen the way you want, but we're generally going to be able to put up plus 20, 25, mm-hmm. 30, 35 points. And then it just becomes a question of, okay, which one of these teams can really keep score, keep running with you. Mm-hmm. The first, the, the person that has to come up every single time, number one, no matter what is Tom Brady. Not only because all the weapons he has, although they might get rid of Antonio Brown. I just read they're thinking about getting rid of him with all that wow. nonsense. But I didn't even know that. with that, man, Gronk had two yesterday. Yes, he still, did. I mean, they Thank got you, Mike Evans. They still got so Fantasy. many weapons, man. Yeah, yeah, and they got they got you know uh, what what do they call him? Uh, Super Bowl Fournette or <laughs> oh, that's what they call him now. Yeah, I don't uh, know. They call him something like Playoff Fournette or something because he had he had four tutties last week, but like. They have weapons all over. They have a good line. Their defense is is proven, playoff proven. Yep. When you look over at Arizona, I mean, that Kyler Murray, like Kyler Murray, I was listening to Keyshawn this morning. Like he has his own bucket for Kyler and Lamar Jackson because they just do stuff so differently. That's different, even, yes. Yeah, but but Kyler can. But the thing is, like Kyler can throw with anybody. 
Like you look at the yeah. look at the way that ball pops off his hand, his accuracy, where he could put it, he could put it on a dime anywhere on the field. Like he's a very, very special player. Like the only limit, limitation for him is really he's I think he's a little bit like Russell Wilson, like the a little bit shorter. quarterbacks where like I think he's shorter than Russell. I, I well, yeah, I'm just saying, like, I think there's that window in front of the line where you just can't see. So yeah. you have to start moving around and, and, and you have to run your offense in a little bit different manner that we can probably game plan for a little bit better if we know the playoffs are coming. Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott, I, listen, I always think the Cowboys are going to like screw it up, honestly. It's like, I remember when they, I was a kid, Somewhere, when I first started somehow. watching football, they were so good. But yeah, dude, they yeah. always end up screwing this up somehow. And you're just like, man, I kind of feel like they're going to do that again this year. But Dak's a really, we'll really good quarterback. And you can do a lot of damage in this league. They have a really good quarterback. With Ryan Smith back at left tackle, their offensive line is all of a sudden really good again. They have weapons. I know Ezekiel, it's been hurt with that knee, but they got guys outside. CeeDee Lamb, CeeDee Lamb looks amazing, dude. Like, that kid is very a confident. ridiculous he, talent for the next 10 years in this league. Yeah, he and, looks uh, very confident out and there. And then Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper, like, he earned – to me, he's worth every penny they paid him. Like, they give that guy a bag, and he's he's definitely he's – he's a star. So, they have offensive talent. And that makes me nervous, especially you go down there to Jerry's world, all the nonsense, be going to the, the, the pageantry and all that nonsense. So yeah, I think it's important, like, just to make sure that when we go into when we go into this playoff push and then we get into the playoffs, like the most important thing is to know, like, know your identity, you know, work your identity don't, and stick to the script, man. Stick to what got you here and made you and made you the team that you are right now. You know, sometimes sometimes in the history of the Green Bay Packers over the last maybe six, seven years, they mm-hmm. get into the playoffs and you see these great games and all of a sudden there's like a game plan where you're like, this is a bit of a head scratcher. Yeah. And like what happened? Like we dropped back 27 times, you know, in five step drops and let, let Aaron just try to tee it off. It's like, I don't nah. think that's going to happen this year, but you know, you kind of look at it last year, actually the Rams, the Rams playoff game. And then you go to the Tampa Bay game the next week when we got two tackles hurt and all of a sudden we're dropping back on uh, JPP, and he's like, he's eating Billy's lunch over there at left tackle. It's like, well, man, maybe this isn't a good idea. Right, so run just, the ball. It's stuff like that where it's going to be – it, NFC is going to be fun to watch regardless. Yeah. As an NFC, looking at the playoff picture, we the only division – we're uh, sitting in a division with teams with – more teams with wins over at, at nine or ten. There's no teams at nine or ten in the AFC. You know, obviously, just just stating the observation there. And it obviously, doesn't mean nothing big, but it's just interesting to see that. But uh, I agree with you with, with the teams of uh, terms of the Cowboys or the Buccaneers because obviously they got, as you mentioned, all the weaponry they have and let's say Tom has at his disposal there. You know, being on fire, um, hitting all his targets against the Falcons this weekend. It was a uh, you know just him basically going to school. You know, not basically that could be a teaching session. Um, of, of basically when you know you're playing against a team that you should beat and and playing well and doing exactly what you need to do to win the game. Um, teams that are that are if you go out to them or they come to you that could you know maybe turn it on again is be the Rams for me because they they they've done they started off well and they're Molly they're checking themselves right now and getting ready for that. They're in the playoff push as as we know all all well and then make sure they you know they are talking amongst each other. McVeigh, I say when I see him do his press conference, I believe he's like a coach I could, I could play for because he's pretty right. He's straightforward. Tells, you know, seem like he tells it like it is. And that's all I saw. I know you and I want to hear, we don't want to hear all the fluff and, you know, sugarcoating stuff. Just tell us what we need to do. 
how we need to do it so we can execute and win games. And he's one of those guys. Um, and I do like the Cowboys because they got a run game. They got the blockers to do it. And they their defense, Stefan Diggs, uh, yeah, Stefan Diggs, this, the big safety they have that leads the league with like nine or 10 interceptions right now. They have the defense that has shown up in most games. And then they're sitting at a positive record, eight and four. So the Packers just got to continue to do what you're saying. I, I'm saying, it, like, I agree with you. No, no, no big changes to stick to the recipe. Uh, get to the fundamentals of other things, you know, sharpen them up because you'll have that, you know, if they keep at this rate, they'll have the bye week. If, it, you know, if not the number one seed, the number two seed still gets a bye week and they can sharpen up those fundamentals of tackling, catching the ball to make sure those things are on point. Because I, I remember years ago that Bill Belichick, that was kind of the first things he would harp on going into each and every of their bye weeks, you know, because they're going to the AFC playoffs is just working on fundamentals, working on cat yep. passing, catching the ball, tackling, because tackling, as we've seen throughout the season at the start to now, is still shaky. For, and these are NFL players. It's like, wait a minute, you know, stop, come to balance, and then shoot your, shoot your low. That's what you do. You don't sit there off balance trying to reach and grab for air. You, you come to balance. And, and square off to the guy, um, running back, quarterback, whatever, whoever it is, and make that tackle. And it's a want-to type thing. You got to want to go in that at physicality, knowing that. Because I remember interceptions. I remember, shoot, I remember Pro Bowl, one of my Pro Bowl games where I won special teams. They put me back there at L1, and I'm making a tackle on Terrence McGee, who was a Pro Bowl returner from Buffalo at the time. And I tackled, I rolled him up. And he's like, what just happened? I'm like, I, bro, I tackled you. He thought <laughs> it was too in touch. He was a Pro Bowl. Right. He's like, what? Amon, you tackle people? I'm like, bro, I play special teams, man. Come on now. Like, I don't, I'm not just out here because I'm a pro bowler and running back. I, hey, I'm a football player, bro. Let's start there first. Oh, man. So, sticking to Pro Bowl, that'll take us right into Pro Bowl voting. So, any surprises for you, Mike? So, and you mentioned it here. I'll, I'll let you mistake your fact here. I didn't realize that either myself. Yeah. So, so back in the day, like Aaron Popke, the PR guy, for the Packers, he'd yeah, walk in with a Aaron. sheet about a couple of weeks before the Pro Bowl votes, and he would show you who, who the fans are voting for, right? Yep. And so you get this piece of paper, and like my name was never on, I get all pissed off, and you guys would be like, ah, ha, 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 laugh, laugh, laugh. Yeah, your <laughs> bunch with Mike and Marco and all them guys, I know you heard it. I know they. Oh my god! Blues. And uh, and now. It's all because you, you vote on Twitter. It, it literally turns yep. into it's it's like the most egregious popularity contest, regardless. Oh gosh, right. And so they're actually releasing like the fan votes. And I didn't I've never seen them before, but I saw them for the first time. Like they're they're they can show they'll tell you who like the top four guys are. And 12 isn't in the top four of the quarterbacks. And he's like the leading candidate for MVP. Him and Tom Brady got to be one one and one A for MVP right now. He's not in the top four. And I'm like. I wonder if it's because the you know I wonder if it's because everybody saw his feet, right? Or, or like you know, like a, or the COVID thing. But I'm like, gosh, that seems odd to me, given how good he's played. But it just goes to show you, right? It's the, the uh, you always hope when you're as a competitor. Of course, everybody thinks they're doing well, but I think if the, most people are probably pretty honest with themselves when they're when they're laying in, in bed at night, like looking up at the ceiling, like, do I deserve to be there or not? You know what I mean? Like we always put yes. on front, but but you yep. know whether you deserve to be there or not. But you always hope that if you do believe you deserve to be there, you actually have a chance. And then you see like this pro ball voting, fan voting, Twitter voting, and everything. You're like, God, man, this is a joke. But right. 
Uh, Trayvon Diggs, my mistake. I said Stephon Trayvon Diggs. Diggs. Yeah, Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs. Bills. He's, he's yep. quite and then well. another, there's another, the Quadre Diggs. He plays for the Seahawks. He's a free safety. So, hey, are, that are they all related? Legit. No, no, that kid is a safety. He is legit. Yeah. He's number six. He's number six, number one in your hearts for the Seattle Seahawks right now. Right. They have two safeties. One's overpaid. One is legit. Oh, you talking Diggs about is, uh, the kid I'm talking about Jamal Adams, Jets. man. Jamal Adams from the Jets, right, yeah. Oh, my God. Jamal's got burned so bad a couple times yesterday, and the, dude, the dudes just didn't drop the ball. He can't. He is an absolute unit. Like he's 220 pounds. He's an absolute he's stud. Plays yeah. plays in the box. He's a box player though, man. He can't cover. He's a running, but he's a run stopper. And you know, I remember you remember back in the day, Cincinnati Bagel safety, uh, London. Is it not Fletcher? It was Fletcher. I'm not thinking it was London. Might have been yeah, different Fletcher, first name. Brother, linebacker for the Redskins. Damn right, yeah. Football team. But it was a Fletcher. They had a Fletcher for Cincinnati Bagels the year they it was way back 1989 when they went to the Super Bowl against the 49ers, and he was that he was what Jamal Jamal Adams is he was basically a box guy who will fill the gap for the run just a fast Jamal Adams is Steve Atwater bro yeah that's who he Jamal is that. Adams is he's, I, I, he's Steve Atwater you yeah know what I mean? highly respectable we're highly yeah. respectable yeah he you know? you know he can lay it like I don't I, I wouldn't I wouldn't like to come around the corner and see him man because he's nah. physical as hell but I'm just saying. I shouldn't eat. Let's not even talk about him. Like Diggs, Diggs is a really, really good safety. He's going to get paid. I don't know if he's right. going to get paid there, but he's going to get paid eventually. Right. He's going. It's going to happen. I mean, with the and like with Pro Bowl voting, you know, like you said, it's just unfortunate popularity contest. You know, you see, because I'm looking at some of the names on here from the. I think I have the fan voting up right now when I'm showing, okay. and uh, they have they have two quarterbacks from the and one. We got Josh Allen and Tom Brady are the first and then Jonathan Taylor Colts running back and Ezekiel right after that Ezekiel I don't think he's even he's like near maybe maybe 500 yards for the season yeah yeah, he's not he's not having a good year right that's that's what I'm saying he's a Dallas man Jerry's exactly and then you got Patrick Ricard I love it because he's a the fullback for Ravens exactly he's a mobile I love that guy he's 95 pounds dude yeah toting a rock too Oh, I like that in a Kyle Juszczyk with the 49ers, who is a who is a, a gamer. He is how many fullbacks are there eligible for voting though? Six? Like I don't know, but <laughs> I know the two right now. The two that I'm looking at from December second are in the top six from the. Van hey, listen, vote. if we had a fullback back right now, if we I think if we had a legit fullback, we find a way to like we'd have to start a campaign to get that guy in, man. For sure, for sure. I think fullbacks. Like, it's such a. I can't wait till the pendulum a, swings back. You know, and and we get we get more more teams having fullbacks because it's such a weapon now. Because you think about you think about it just from a like schematic standpoint, and tactical standpoint, like linebackers right. don't know how to take those guys on very well anymore. Right, it is That's a, a real problem. It is. That's a problem because I say it's a problem when you start whamming with tight ends that are that are not about that life. Yep. You need to put a fullback. A fullback knows from day one, from the time they're in little league all the way up, if they even make it that far now these days. But from when we were coming up, we knew fullbacks knew their job. Right. Like we're we're there to either give headaches or take headaches. That's it. <laughs> I had fullback that you that you brought in, you were aware of of Joel Makovica. He became a cardinal. And Joel Makovica was all about 5'8, maybe 5'9, 250. He was just a, a rolling tree stump, a walking tree stump. And when he would hit people, it was just beautiful because I'm right there off his butt. Ooh, ooh. He take out a linebacker or he cut him. He cut that. Remember that win, the, line, the oh, linebacker yeah. at Texas A&M. A&M. Yeah, he flipped him in the Big Twelve Championship, my our junior year. 
He flipped like Dak tried to get like Dak was like, all right, I don't want to take, I can't take him head on because Dak was only two ten. He was outweighed. He knew that. He was a great so he, college linebacker is what he great was. Great college linebacker. Yeah. So he tried it with that athletic ability. Dad said, you know what? I'm going to go over the top. <laughs> he he ate the turf at the Alamo. That's the Dome. worst business decision you can make against a fullback. Bro. He's like, you know what? I'm going to try to jump. I'm not going to take Joel on. I'm 210. He's 250. I'm a, So he like in his head, like, okay, I got this. I'm going to just jump over to tackle Lamont. Because you saw, you remember those days, his, his videos of him jumping over to Ola. He was like a Troy Palomalo. Almost basically, he was making athletic linebacker plays, laying the hat. But he was like, you know what? I'm gonna try to go over top. It didn't work out. He ate the turf at the Alamo Dome. But still, big big ups to him. Hell of a linebacker that played in the Big Twelve back back in the day. But uh, just talking about fullbacks there, like I say, a lost. Hopefully, will be found resource. Cal, I know Cal Shanahan uses them. Cal, um, Matt Matt, Matt Lafleur. Sort of uses them a little bit H-backs. in that philosophy. Yeah, H backs. That's what they, that's what that was the decline when that when the went went from fullback to H back. That was the start of the decline of yep. the fullback. When I heard that in my in the play, I'm looking through the playbook. I'm like, what's this H? Yep. I'm like halfback maybe, yep. and it's like, no, that's yep. the H back. That was. Yep. I'm like, oh, this is the decline. That's when I after that when I paid that, I was like, that was the decline of the fullback. They start changing names, putting tackles or for the tight ends. I'm sorry, tight ends or big running backs. Because I remember Denver, they had a guy that was technically a running back, but they put him at fullback only because he was a better cut blocker. He could get to the cut block a lot faster. I was like, but what about ISOs? <laughs> what about powers? Well, we got to come downhill. They're coming it's- back, baby. Just give it five years, man. It's just like it, it's just like uh, bell-bottom jeans, man. They made it They made it come back, so will fullbacks. Hey, they are back. You're right about that. I ain't going to lie about that. <laughs> hey, man, let's do uh, this. Let's do yep. this. Since in the spirit of the Pro Bowl, yes, who who are your who are your top running backs right now? So right now, spirit of the Pro Bowl, obviously Jonathan Taylor, mm-hmm. right there. Um, barring injury, if he I don't know if he'd be able to still get it, but Derrick Henry, um, Nick Chubb, and then Antonio Gibson, right there. Oh, I like Gibson too. I hey, like that dark horse. I think Nick Chubb is. Nick, I mean, he obviously he's not. I don't know if he's underrated, but like he is, he is so special, man. I think he, he is, is underrated. A, he's I such a him. special back. I mean, their offensive line's phenomenal. Their scheme's great, mm-hmm. and obviously Kareem Hunt's you know finding success there. So it's not just him, but man, that kid seems to have it all. Like size, cutting ability, speed. His speed is like his speed is ridiculous. Given, it, given it, like how thick he is. Yeah, it kicks in when he gets his knees going. Oh, I'm like, oh, he's out. I could tell when he hits his stride, he's gone. That's mine. What about yours? I'd say the same. I mean, I defer to you. You're you're, you're the expert at running backs, man. What about (laughs) the guys that got to hit you, though? What about the linebackers? Oh, the ones that I – so the top three right here, I'd say these are the guys that if I was playing right now, I'd be like, I'll make sure where I know where they're at at all times on the field. So Bobby Mm -hmm. Wagner is my number one. When number five four, I see when I see that on the slate, I'm like, all right, where's five four at before the ball snap? And then playing against in our division, two come uh, two run linebackers in our division here, Rokon Smith, mm-hmm. the kid uh, out of Georgia, and then Eric Hendricks. A lot of respect there for him. Um, smart, knows the game, um, does a lot of things for that defense for Minnesota. He goes out and pass covers, does all that, and then then Devin White. I'm all and then what? what and then I'm kind of grieving on what you're going to bring up as well, but Devin White with the Buccaneers along with the other guys that he's worked with, which you're about to mention, they do a lot of work that I say goes unseen. 
along with the yeah. big guys up front. And they got a nice defensive line, as we know. So that, those yeah. are my linebackers right there. What yeah, Levante David, Levante David down there with Devin White. I think those, like, as a pairing, I don't know if there's a better pairing. Although, um, I don't know. I can't even remember the guy's name who's playing with, with, with Bobby right now. But that's a I – I literally just watched – I got, you know, 10 minutes before we got on, I was watching tape of Seattle. Bobby right. missed a couple of tackles last week that I was like, man, is he slowing down? Like, it was one of those moments. But the way he <laughs> diagnoses plays – Right. So far ahead of everybody else still. And the, like his efficiency and the way he gets around blocks and the way he can just like, he can just stop a pulling guard or a pulling tight end. Like he's a, he's a special, special player for me. Yeah. Darius Leonard is, I know he's a tackling machine, but he's a leader. He's extremely yes. intelligent. He is extremely intense. Um, yes. He's probably my favorite guy right now because I feel like he can play the, he can play the physical game. He can play the speed game. Yep. He diagnoses fast. I mean, Bobby Weiger's been my favorite guy for the last 10 years or whatever. So I shouldn't say Darius is my favorite, but like, but Bob, you know, Bobby's one of the few guys still that I'd be like, man, I wonder what it feels like to like try to thump with that kid. Where, like Roquan Smith, I know he's a good player, right? Eric Hendricks, he could fly around everything, but like as a lineman, I'm not worried about it. Eric, I always look at it like, am I worried about you or not? I'm not worried right. about you at all. You right. know what I mean? It's like Brian versus we were talking about Erlacher versus uh versus Lance, man. Like yeah, Erlacher is is a star, but I'm not worried about Erlacher. I'm worried about in certain Lance. situations. Lance, yeah, overall Lance situation. can Lance can put a hurting on somebody. Exactly. So, You'll feel him two days later. Yeah. So we, if, if we move on to like def- if we talk about defensive linemen, I look at it the same way right now. Like yep. guys, I really don't want to play against. And you really, I mean, the the number one obvious one is. Aaron Donald, like yeah. when I say don't want to play against, like we want to test ourselves against the best. Don't get me wrong, but what I mean is like man, this guy, this guy can hurt you in the pass game, and he can hurt you in the run game. Most of these guys can't, right? Most of these guys are good at one thing; they're okay at the other. Yep. Aaron Donald's elite at both, right? We talk about who are the other guys that are really elite at both, and I think DeForest Buckner's getting back there. Ninety nine for uh, the Colts, yeah, who played for the Niners for years. Yep. He's getting back there at the beginning of the season. He was, he was kind of not slacking, but he just wasn't in his groove from a pass rush standpoint, but because of his length, I he think he, and his speed explosive. Yeah. Length and size yeah, he, is amazing. He really can give you problems, but you know, I, there's just, I'll be honest with you, not to be arrogant, but I just don't think there's that many really good defensive tackles anymore. Like guys where I'm just like, Oh man, he would just give people just a ton of fits, right? There might be, I agree there might with be a you. couple defensive ends, but not as far as defensive tackles. Like, there's more defensive ends that would move down. Like, if J.J. If Watt was was healthy, I'd be like, oh, well, he's a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, those those kind of guys that move down yeah. on, like, on, like, third down. I'll tell you what, you know what ruined football for, uh, for offensive linemen, by the way? Justin uh, Tuck. When Justin Tuck went into that damn Patriots Super Bowl, ooh. when he was playing for the Giants, he moved down. All of a sudden, they're like, wait, you have three defensive ends in the game and you can play against the guard? And he just ran shop over those guards. And NASCAR. That's that what it's called. NASCAR. The game forever, dude. I mean, it was the yeah. worst. That was that, the worst day of my life. Like, man, that was who told you guys you could come down here? Justin Tuck walking around looking like a six foot six, two hundred eighty pound Adonis. Like, get out of right. here, man! I don't need you down here. Bring right, the big, that, bring the fat guy back. I want the fat guy. Can't that, uh, that personnel. That personnel was called NASCAR. Uh, with that, with him coming down, that was called nightmare. The, NASCAR. nightmare, NASCAR, nightmare, whatever you want to call it, Mike. That's <laughs> what it was with uh him, JPP, and then who was the other one? It was oh Michael Strahan. They had them all on the field at the same time. That was a problem. OC, that, that was OC. Oh, and OC and Menorah. That yes. was that was OC. Oh my God, OC yeah, was that a was stud, a, dude. They, 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 hey, they knew. 
Yeah, they had they, 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 they had they had Tom Brady. They knew they had Tom Brady, and he was not a scram. They get to this. Who gets to the spot first? Tag. Let's play. Let's play. Who gets there first? That's what, to come out of the huddle thinking that. Just imagine. I I mean I play defense, so if I'm thinking one thing, be the first to the quarterback because he can't scramble. Oh my god. I'm the thing that eat. was brutal though is like it, so we played the remember we played the Giants where yeah. we gave Brett decided to give Strahan the sack title and that yeah called yeah. ninety three uh. to play but whatever but like I nobody was really worried about if Strahan came inside nope. and nobody was really worried about if OC came inside nope. like you know what I'm saying I'm just talking about from like like Marco and I would be like all right whatever We're good. but dude when that man Justin good. Tuck showed up dude Justin Tuck was like he was just a little bit too tall. His arms are a little bit too long. He's a little bit too fast. I was like, oh, oh, no. There's a problem yeah. here. What happened? Yeah. The chicken has gone bad. Right. <laughs> like, like, we got issues, man. Oh, man, we got a problem. And uh, and I saw you type it in, though. You were, you were sneaking it in and you erased it. Another guy, Vita Vea. Oh, so I like Vita, but it's, again, one of those things. I like Vita, but – but and, and I think – they almost misuse him sometimes because, like, I think if you put Vita at wide three technique, so Vita plays nose tackle. He's best nose tackle yeah. in the league, plays with the Buccaneers. But if you put him at, like, a wide three on passing downs and, like, and you're just like, hey, just run in the B gap. Nobody can stop you. Like, you've seen him do it where nobody yeah. can stop him. And he'll pressure. He might have got – because he only has, like, four sacks for his entire career, dude. Like, he has no numbers. Mm. But, like, for me, I'd be like, I'd be really hard. If he had a full head of steam, he's like, he's like juggernaut, man. Like, you ain't stopping him. No. Forget about it. Don't you forget about it. So offensive, uh, I'm sorry, not offensive, outside linebackers. That's somebody yeah, I that think was you, in here. You got the right guy. For me, you got the the, the big three for me, TJ Watt, Matt, Judon, and then Chandler yeah. Jones. But that's a big three for me. Those guys are special. Next yeah. level. Yeah, they are long. They got high motors. Yeah. And try not to piss them off. That's all, that's all I say. That's a, that'll, that'll be your best bet of winning as a tackle or even a running back having a chip. Because – See, I would, see for off. me, it's funny. It's like a way. It's funny how we all, we all think about things. Like, I right. would try, I would try with those guys, like Matt Judon. I think you're right, because Matt Judon seems like he seems like he kind of plays within himself, and he seems like the kind of guy like you don't want to get really focused on you. Yeah, but I think those other two guys, I think I want T.J. Watt worried about me, like worry about me, like hitting him through the whistle. Yeah. Worry about worry about me putting them on a pile. Chandler Jones, same thing. I want them more focused on me, on like trying to kick the hell out of me than trying to get to the quarterback. Because it then takes them away from the game plan. Because it takes emotional yep. energy, right? Yeah. I just don't know when I watch Judon. Judon's the one where I'm like, well, I don't think he'll even care. Right. You know what I mean? He'll just be like, oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, I'm just gonna go ahead and beat you now. You know what I mean? Like he's he's special. That was me. I was that player. Yeah. I was that player. You couldn't if if you pissed me off, you just you just made it bad for everybody. <laughs> That's what happened with uh, the Washington football team when they came to us in 01 after 9-11, the first game on Monday Night Football. Yeah, Pat yeah, Ter- I remember that. Pat Terrell did that to me. He pissed me off and made it bad for their whole defense. <laughs> we had and we had like 150 yards. I had two touchdowns or so. He called me out my name. I said, Oh, it's a, it's something you I'm Problems. already gonna run. I'm already going to run you over, bro. Now you just we made don't it need personal. motivation. Yeah, I don't, don't need, need motivation. motivation. I'm saying I'm already going to run you over intently. But, okay, you just got to hit sick and make a missile number 30 tagged on the side for coming at you, bro, the whole game. And I went after him the whole game. <laughs> I was trying to kill him. And Sylvester Croom was like, 
Omar, hold up, time out. Before I even hit the play, we're watching film on Monday. He's like, what did he do? He said something to you. I know he did something to you, Omar, because you intentionally, I, for the for a whole series, you ran after number 31. I said, coach, he called me out. He disrespected me. He called me out my name. I was like, he's like, okay, that makes sense. You you left out about, about two touchdowns and another 50, 60 yards of rushing, but you good. <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm sorry. It didn't get me off the game plan. It just kind of enhanced it in a way because then other def- other players watching that film were like what is wrong with number 30 he ain't rap tight <laughs> <laughs> hey i wasn't you know all right so oh man so you t- you talk about that so yeah we let's um we want to make fun of some teams that we used to beat oh. up on and and watching the games as we can out i didn't catch all the vikings game but I caught the Bears game. So making fun, we're gonna start making fun of the Vikings. So where, where are you gonna go with this one, bro? Well, okay. We, I mean, you just lost to the Lions. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. They they there's one of those games where nobody's gonna watch it, but they put it on because it was like it was the end of the game, and all the other games yeah. finished. And you're yeah. watching this game. And I think is Zimmer a defensive guy? He's a defensive guy. Okay, That's so what, oh. I'm glad you said that because they they're playing against Jared Goff, and the announcers are like. Jared Goff cannot handle pressure. I can't believe they're doing a three-man rush. They get down to like the 30. So they, they, the Lions, listen, first of all, hats off. Hey, congratulations to Dan Campbell and that whole staff. Cause like, we all got to be rooting for them, man. They're all ex-players and and, you know, they're doing their thing. And I think they're in a real tough situation as far as talent goes, but they're trying to build a culture in a building. Having said all that, Jared Goff is your quarterback. You've gotten him off the spot. You've created problems and pressure. And now you three-man rush. You get down to like the 35. They got 30 seconds left. Do they do three-man rush, playing off, and they're going to come up and make tackles? And they do that. They got like on the play, on the four seconds left, it's like fourth and two. But it's really, you know, fourth and goal. Right. Half their damn team is sitting in the end zone, bro. And the guy just runs, runs in. Defensive back gives ground. He turns around and catches the ball. It's like... He gives ground in the end zone. Throw. It's like, right. how could you possibly – first of all, how could you lose to the Lions? Like, you're a playoff contender. How can you lose to – how can you lower your, your standards. standards of play enough to lose to an 0-10-1 football team? That plays hard. Right. But they're 0-10-1 because they don't have any talent and they're sloppy. Very if sloppy. you go out and lose that, that team when you just beat the Packers two weeks ago, like – are you kidding me? And they're talking about Zimmer, Zimmer's worried about his, you know, they're, or they're worried about Zimmer's job. It's like, yeah, yeah. I think that might do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you collapse now and you don't make the playoffs, it's like, oh, when did you lose your job? Like, you know, was it, you know, this decision? No, no, no. It was that Lions game. It was a week 12. It was that Lions game, bro. Because he, as you say, giving ground, that DB giving ground, he's already in the end zone. That's what I'm saying. Like giving you, you, you would be you'd stand with your toes or your heels on the on goal the, line. The goal line. <laughs> you wouldn't be a yard back and then give ground. Like, what are you giving ground for? I know. It's like if you play the sticks, let's just do it like it's yeah. you know, third and seven. If you play in the sticks, you play the sticks. You don't play, you don't play at nine if it's right. seven. Yeah, you know, I just I was one of those things, it was inexplicable, man. That's and, a- and why are you rushing three? When the guy can't throw with somebody in his face, he's oh. never been able to throw with somebody in his face. You rushing three guys? Are you kidding me? I was like, when I saw the kid, the DB who tackled the uh, St. Brown, Aquaminia's brother, yep. in the end zone, I'm like, what is he doing sitting two yards in the – I'm like, 
what are you doing, dude? You I, just I, giving, I'm giving him a cushion. I didn't want him know, to blow by me. And, and it was it was interesting watching the commentators. This is you know ESPN commentators saying, "Oh well, they're they focus on Hutchinson, that the, you know TJ Hutchinson, the tight end. Hawkinson, Everybody's yeah. focused Hutchinson. Oh yeah, yeah. the focus is there. I'm like focus. They're they're not even focusing. They're focusing on giving them the touchdown. Dude, just to put it on. in perspective, because D because DC's run, he's calling plays now. He, he dropped Anthony Lynn from calling plays. He's calling plays. They're running a damn bunch route to, for for to. They're running the lines running a bunch route for release, and everybody's in the end zone, man. It's like you can you line up wherever you want. You don't need to run a bunch route. We're all, right. It's all good. You can, we're we're giving give you the space. We're going to give we you get, eight yards, man. You only you need seven. Yeah, you don't have to do the but what the bunch does. <laughs> you are a cost pro, a coverage problems. We're not even giving oh, you that. Man, that, that was phone. terrible, bro. Yeah, it was not good. So yeah, making fun of the divisional teams right there. So. All right, you want to do this rapid fire? I like. Yeah, this. man. You okay? I'll give you these names. You just tell me. Here's rapid fire. I'm going to give you two names. I want to. I want you to tell me who you're taking. If you want to give a sentence, why? Give a sentence, why? You ready? Yep. Okay. Gardner Minshew got his first win this weekend. Gardner Minshew or Jared Goff? Well, they both the same. They got their first win. I'm gonna go golf. Okay, I'm going with Minshew because of the mustache. All right. I, I knew Car- it. Carson. <laughs> Carson, dude, did you see the way he celebrated with his dad? After yes, I did. Dude, dude I had tears Ooh, in my eyes, bro. That I was awesome. In my eyes. I was so hyped up. Plus, he got the bomber jacket on, like he's from Top yes. Gun. He looked like yes. he looked like Goose, man. I was oh, oh I was so happy. Uh, I would. I love do love his mustache, that, dude. Bro. I don't care if he's good or not. I don't care if he's a journeyman. I'd love to play for that dude. I love yeah, that kid. I love his mustache. The mustache on point. Okay, Jer- uh, is Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts? I say Hurts because the scrambling ability a little bit better than uh, Wentz there. Yeah, I'm with you for 100%. Jalen Hurts, no problem because they run the ball 43 times a game when he's in, and you know we like running the ball, A.G. Yes, sir. Okay, here's a tough one, right? Dak mm. Prescott or Lamar? Lamar gets this one a, word. He's a one-word guy right now to me. Oh, okay. I want to hear that in yeah. a few. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go Lamar. I'm going to go Lamar. Yes. I'm going to stick with him. Despite all, the, despite all the nonsense turnovers, right? Yeah, despite okay, all that. I, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think Dak's. Right. I think Dak is is an incredible leader, and an incredible athlete. I think Lamar Jackson is just different, man. He's got his own bucket. Like yeah, he has all them bucket. same. He has all them same details that you just mentioned for Dak leadership. Yeah. But he just got that. This and we know what it is. It's that speed element mixed mm-hmm. with throwing the ball accuracy that's there. But when you put the right pressure on, it kind of gets wavered a little bit. But he's working through it. He's still a young quarterback. Still a young quarterback. Yeah, but here's a crazy thing. Like, to, to digress on Lamar a little bit, like, they're going to give him a bag, right? Like, he, he, he should probably reset the quarterback market when he gets paid, right? True. I mean, he has to, right? But, but yep. you, because they don't have an offense without him. And then no. there's a team, there's a, there's a situation where it's like, you're going to have to break the bank because he is your entire offense. But then, like, it's going to make it even more difficult to go get – you know, you're going to have to draft, like, a, hell, a lot of hell of good players. Otherwise, you ain't going to have any money for him. Right. But they're going to have that problem as long as – as long as because he's so unique. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because, like, what's yep. the most important thing on their team? Well, it's like Hollywood Brown having speedy wide receiver, probably getting another one. Having to get yep. a healthy running back, obviously. Yep. You know? But then after that, it's like you can mix and match with a lot of different, a lot of different pieces on that offense. Um, exactly. All right, moving on. Ready? Okay, yep. wide receivers. Who do you like better, OBJ or Amari Cooper? Amari. No right doubt. Away. Yes. No doubt. That's Amari. Okay. We don't even need to explain it, right? We nope. don't need to explain exactly. it. Exactly. We only we already know why. We already know why. Okay. Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow? Ooh, I gotta go Justin. From the start, the way he started this thing on the spot, you gotta go play, kid. Go play. Mm-hmm. His rookie year. Rookie year for a quarterback to do what he did. 
hands down. That's why I'm, I will ride with him if I had him at quarterback. I think sure. they're both. I think they're both from the neck up. I, I give them equal, equal. Joe Burrow special from the neck up for yeah, sure. Yeah, he is special but, too. But but when you when you go, if you're gonna say they're equal from the neck up, then you got to look at Justin Herbert's body. Like he's got yeah. the broad shoulders. He can throw yep. like 200 he's miles an hour. Built. He can run like yeah. a deer. Like Joe Joe Burrow looks like. You know, he kind of looks like Mac and Cheese, Mac Jones, you know, a little bit. Like, he's, he probably looks like a little putt. If like he get hit, you, you know, if he get hit, something might break. Yeah, he's got that awkward body. We call it awkward body, man. You know, if you, like, you see a girl and you're, like, not interested, you're like, oh, awkward body. I can't I say had an awkward, hey, AG, man, I was husky, man. Listen, I was husky. I know, what it, I know what it feels like. I forgot how funny you could be, Mike. Oh, yeah. that's hilarious. Okay, we got Colts. Okay, this is a good one, right? Colts O-line versus Dallas's O-line. I saw this one, and you may – oof. Because I know them both, you got some big dudes and that, that can move things. Man. And they, they got both got uh, Wisconsin players on both lines, don't they? Basically. Or Notre Dame. And no, Notre Dame. Like Notre, Zach Martin's Notre Dame. Yeah, Zach Martin. Collins at LSU. Tyron Smith yeah. C. And they lost their center over at Dallas. Yeah, that was, I'll he was, what, a, I'll be that was the badge. I'll be honest with you. Joe Philbin's coaching the Dallas O-line right now. And you I know think, him. to me, to me, Dallas has they, they and I know the center left, but they've got some. They got Hall of Famers on their line. Mm. Q, Big Q's going to be a Hall of Famer for sure. Quentin Nelson. Um, they're oh, just yeah. The Colts. I like the Colts scheme. Jonathan Taylor's making them look good. You know they're really good at double teams. Like they, they have they have an identity. I really like what they're doing. If I was, if you were to say like, what five would you take? Given you could run whatever you want, whoever's behind you, etc. I probably still take Dallas. I think Dallas mm. is super talented, man. Trying Smith so good, man. Yeah, yeah. You I remember like, yeah. they sucked the last couple couple weeks, like as a team, because Trey Smith wasn't there, he wasn't healthy. Right, and I knew that. I knew that, and I would say with that healthy Tyron Smith, and when they are going to the run, it goes. So I'm gonna go Dallas on that one as well. Okay, <clears throat> playoff for net. Like or Jonathan Taylor. I gotta go, I gotta go Jonathan Taylor right now. I'm, he's been here he's the whole right season. Now. He's an MVP right now, isn't he? Yeah, and he's been here the whole season. Okay. No, you're right. And he didn't no, need right. nothing. He's been here the okay. whole season. Okay, okay. So yeah. here's the old school one. You ready? Yeah. You better answer this right, bro. Barry Sanders or Emmett Smith? Oh, Barry Sanders. Okay. I, I didn't think it was a hard one either. Troy Aikman or Steve Young? This is a little tough one, but I'm going to go old school. I'm going to go Troy Aikman. I'm going to well, go Troy. How Aikman. are you going to go Troy Aikman? Steve Young could run and pass. They had the same accuracy. Troy Aikman had all those weapons. I mean, See, Steve Young had weapons too. But they right. had five yeah, all Jay pros right. on the offensive line. He had Evan Smith, Jay Novacek, Michael Irvin, Alvin Harper. Like, can I keep yeah. – should I keep going? Like, their entire yeah. team, after they got out done with the Super Bowl, they got on the plane and went to the Pro Bowl. Like, every single one of them, man. Well, on that note, I'll change it. Steve Young. Because <laughs> for me, I'll be honest with you, for me, it's Joe Montana or Steve Young is the greatest 49er of all time. Like, oh, I'm I, there with you. Like, I, I don't, I'm not sure that – people say Joe Montana, and I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, Steve Young to me was – he was different because he was the first guy that could run like he could run and mm-hmm. had a cannon, accurate leader. All he had it all, man. That guy was amazing. Yeah. But this next one. Okay, dude. This one's tough right now. Bo, I want Bo Jackson healthy or Derrick Henry healthy. Bo. A Bo healthy. Bo healthy right now in the NF. Oh my I don't god. Think any, I don't think people it when you know when you talk about Michael Jordan. People are like right. LeBron and Michael. It's like, are you serious? Are you serious? Yes. It ain't even close. I've right? been in that. Now, I've been in too many of those conversations. Yeah. Now, Bo Jackson, I don't think people understand physically 
what an athlete Bo Jackson would be today. Exactly. Like Derrick Henry's a freak, like 250. He's a stud. I don't think people understand. I still have never seen an athlete like Bo Jackson. No. I still have never seen anybody like him. He wore an old lineman face mask. Let's just start there first. He had the bar <laughs> down the middle and then four bars. Let's just go there first. He would take a play to reverse. He would he some of them plays that he reverse fill on, he did that by himself. It wasn't designed. He's like, you know what? I'm just gonna reverse fill so I could get the I could get the whole turn to outrun everybody on your whole defense. And if you come try to hit me, I'm gonna walk through you like a wet paper bag. <laughs> that he was 245, 250 running a four. He, you know what his uh, combine 40 was? I, you tell it, me. I, it, 415 oh, pro day. Get out. 415 at, at, real, at 245. Right? It's scary. I remember he ran track. He played, yes, baseball. He played baseball. There wasn't anything he could. He had all those Bonos commercials. And it was like, yes. there was really one of those things like, there's really nothing this guy can't do. You think about he, the reason he got hurt was his legs were so strong. Then exactly. he pulled his bone out of his damn socket. At the, like, so- the hip bone. The hip like, bone out of the socket. Like, oh, how strong man. are you? Oh, I'm strong enough to pull my bones out of my socket. Like, that seems impossible. You know what I mean? Like, if that was Roger Craig, he's fine. He just, right. oh, I got to get surgery. I'm good. Right. I mean, it just shows you the, the torque that he was pulling off the starting line with when that linebacker landed on his hip and was all that power at the same. Oh, my God. Yeah. Bo Jackson healthy. He would demo- – I mean, it wouldn't even be – it would be wrong. He would be probably ejected for the whole season, the way he just for the level of violence he runs with. Yes, yes, it was just bad for DBs and linebackers. It he was, was bad. so much fun to watch, man. He, and I'm not just talking about Tech Mobile or anything, right? Yeah, <laughs> and Tech Mobile too. They knew it. They put it in the game. They let everybody know. Bo and Walter Payton. He didn't have the speed as Bo. Obviously, Walter didn't have the speed as Bo, but he could lay that hat, and that's what <laughs> that's what happened. All right, uh, I got a couple. I got a couple. Get off my lines. Yeah, I see this, here. This I week. see. All right, the first one is, listen, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh-oh. You know, I thought the world of Teddy Bridgewater when yes, he came out. True. We've talked about it. I thought he had a great career going. I thought it was a, such a shame to have that injury. Teddy Bridgewater has had down two weeks in a row, has had two pick sixes, where his effort to make. The touchdown saving tackle. Again, I missed I watched so that game too. Pathetic. I must have missed it. Oh, yesterday. So the first uh, one was worse, to be fair. Yeah. Yesterday, you hey, you know the salt shaker that runs in at Milwaukee uh, Brewers games, it runs around with no hands. He yes. did one of those and just kind of tried to torpedo shoulder bump the uh what's what's 49's name for the Chiefs, the say the white safety that oh uh, Sorensen. Sorensen, yeah. So he he's running down to Sorensen. He just got eh. And it just falls on the ground. I, it was the most pathetic thing, except for the week before. It was actually worse, to be fair. Like, come Slay. on, man. Get off my lawn, Slay. dude. Like, can you imagine an old school 1980s, 1990s, even 2000s quarterback, not once but twice giving up? Because that goes on your permanent record, bro. Yes, it does. You know what I mean? You, you throw two talk pick about sixes you. and you ain't going to do anything about it? Like, throw your it teammates. his legs or something. Your teammates are going to talk about you, bro. Like, bro. You didn't even try? Like, give it a shot, bro. Oh, my God. That's a touchdown that's going against the whole team. Lay out. Give it all you got. The game was still close. It was in hand. Right. It wasn't like that. Yeah, it wasn't out of hand yet. It was no, it wasn't. Unbelievable. Oh, my goodness. Come on. I can't man. believe. See, if you go back to if see, you go back to the locker room, right, You let's say he's the last one. He gets to do the interviews, and, you know, he's high-fiving. 
right? You and me be sitting at our lockers like this, just right. waiting yeah. for him to come in, just staring at him, putting laser beams right through the back of his head, man. Exactly. I'd, I'd be so angry, bro. I'd be like, so angry. <laughs> I'd be sitting. There oh, sorry, I was bro. out here busting my ass for nothing. Right, I'm dying. I'm trying know, to kill. I didn't people. know we were going no arms today. <laughs> right, I'm like, look, I'm trying to, I'm trying to walk through people, and you oh, telling man. me you doing this, broski? Okay, so next, the next one on one here is. I got hiring offensive geniuses, all right? And this is because they just fired Joe Brady. So Joe Brady had Joe Burrow at LSU, got right? It. All oh. of a sudden, he's an offensive genius, right? Okay. They bring yeah, him yeah. in to Carolina. Matt Rule brings him in. Offensive genius, 32 years old, 28 years old. He's young. He's really yeah. young. Oh, he's, yeah, he is young from a coach's okay. standpoint, yeah. Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, Cam Newton, nothing changes. Nothing changed, so they fire right. him. And it's like, you start looking around the league. The geniuses, the offensive geniuses, right? Let's, the most, there's two of the ones that are most obvious to me, right? And nobody's going to say these names. But the offensive coordinator or the head coach, the staff for the Baltimore Ravens, yes. understanding that you've brought in a generational talent and you need to build an entire offense around this one person, Lamar Jackson. Yep. And then a man who was the offensive coordinator for the Patriots, when he got a head coaching job, didn't work out too well. McDaniel. Mm -hmm. Josh McDaniels comes back. Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick. Keep winning games. Depending on their personnel – they switch what the offense is doing week to week if they have to in order to be successful. Mm -hmm. they've, they've turned Mac Jones into a surefire rookie of the year, right, of the guy that everyone said, yes. oh, no, they're reaching for him at 16 or 15, whatever, to the easily the best, the best player in this draft, right? They, those guys are geniuses. Bringing in, like, guys because they, they had a cup of coffee with Sean McVay, right? And then those guys can't switch who they are when Based the on their personnel talent. changes, right? Right. Based, Based on, on their the talent. talent. That is not what a genius does. Reevaluate. Reevaluate yeah. what we're calling genius. Exactly. I mean, because you get when you say have a cup of coffee with, with Maffei or with Belichick, for example, mm -hmm. is like you don't you're thinking as an owner or whoever the hiring person is at this organization, NFL team, college team. Oh, you were with so and so, so you're, I've, you're looking at the superficial part. Oh, you're gonna coach like them. You're gonna make decisions like them. You're gonna run plays and schemes like them. But when you actually get them there, you'll find out real quick if they really put their due diligence in to be a carbon copy of or not. You'll find out. You don't want to find out the hard way because then you're searching for another coordinator or another head coach. Yeah, man. Two, one year to two years later, you're like, oh, my God, I thought he was a McVay. Oh, my God, I thought he was a Bill Belichick. Um, you try to get a benefit of the doubt. Of, okay, this is a first-year coach in the position, takes some time, so you may give him two, maybe three years, maybe four years to develop into his coaches in terms of his assistants and assistants down to the players because you know how it works. We both know how it works. So you try to do that, but – yeah. So you want to sometimes really dig in when you're interviewing these geniuses or these, these geniuses that are being put out, you know, being yeah, put it's out. Like, from I have an offensive system that nobody can handle. It's like, okay, cool. What happens if our quarterback gets hurt? Oh, the system's still going to work. It's like, 
No, it's not. <laughs> no, never has before. What, right. We got feel. so different. We don't have to right. make any changes. It's like, it's like, you know, honestly, like not to, not to, you know, harp on it, but it's like Andy Dalton goes at Justin Fields goes in. It's like, bro, your offense has to change. Remember that first game? He gave up seven yeah. sacks to the Cleveland Browns. Like, uh, you guys remember you have a new quarterback, right? Right. That stuff uh, happens all the time in the NFL. Yeah. It happens all the time. So and that's anyways, the, if you could adjust. It's a hard, and hey, listen, it's a hard gig. Like sometimes we make fun of this stuff, but it's a hard gig. No. Right. Calling plays is like, I mean, calling plays on damn Madden's hard. Think about how it's, it is in a real game, bro. You and I can vouch for that, bro. I can vouch for that. I play Madden right. all the time. So here's another one, right? <laughs> yes. So we're, we're, I'm watching, uh, I was watching the Chiefs game. And Patrick Mahomes isn't playing maybe at the standard that he used to. But I keep saying, right. and, it, and it, with Tyree Kill in particular, balls are bouncing off his damn chest and out of his hands and turning into turnovers. And then you get on and you listen to the radio guys going like, oh, man, Patrick Mahomes turning the ball over too much. It's like, wait a second. Why is there not a stat for when the ball goes through my hands, you throw it, it goes through my hands, they pick it off. Like, why is that your fault? Right. And I was like, if I, if I had caught it and fumbled it, it wouldn't be your fault. No, so yeah. It's if I can, if I put one where it should be, like expected catch, and then it gets picked off, like I just I, this needs to be a new stat, man. So we got something else to talk about because I get I get so tired of like people, you know, it's basically like people get on the radio, or get on TV, and they go through like the the stat line. It's like, oh, okay, he was uh, twenty seven for forty four with a touchdown and three picks, and it's like, yeah, but those three picks, man, two two of them bounce off the the helmets of your own receivers, like it's a problem. right. We gotta yeah. just we gotta make sure we're we got all those smart stats with Amazon, man. AWS got all those smart stats. Like yeah, we stat that. some smart stats that make sense. Gonna stat that. That's what that commercial stat oh. that. Yeah, you better stat that right. I yeah, <laughs> I agree with you, man. Stat that as a deflection interception. So then it goes on the player. There that it is. deflected deflection the interception. And that rhymes, man. That looks to be like big bang theory TV show or something. Yeah, <laughs> there it is right there. Reflection in a deflection interception, and it's on that receiver. Somehow yes. you put it on that receiver. Yes. You know, unfortunately, the last I, one, bro, I don't know if you saw this, but after the Jets game, they lose to Minshew, who I love. Great yeah. mustache. And, no, I didn't see this. I didn't see this. And there's, so a, I don't know who this kid is. I think he's a rookie. Okay. I put down snitches get stitches. Okay. <laughs> because now listen to this. They what asked him. Now, Robert Sala is a, I don't know if he's going to be a great head coach. Every indication from what he did with the San Francisco 49ers tells me that he's a, he is a detailed, honest, hardworking yes. man of conviction that is, is going to be a good coach. That's well-prepared. Yep. His players I, look well-prepared. This guy comes out and says, oh, we, we didn't have any idea that Minshew was going to play. We weren't prepared for him, but it really didn't. It, it shouldn't have mattered. He basically put the blame on the fact that this guy doesn't mm-hmm. study as a player. He didn't put in the time to know who the backup quarterback was and that and maybe he didn't read, you know, read the newspaper or watch ESPN once this week, assuming that they didn't even say it in the building, which I don't believe at all, that he didn't know that Gardner Minshew might have a chance to play. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. when your team's going, when, when, when stuff's going bad and it's hitting the fan, the last thing they need is some young kid talking about how, they weren't prepared to play the backup quarterback who dropped like five scores in a row on them. Like, like they went into the game, like clearly they were unprepared at some execution or something, right? Because they got so many dropped on them, but it's like, 
that is the last thing that organization is already becoming a bit of a punchline and a, in a, in a punching bag in New York. That's right. the last thing they needed. And it's the last thing, like I, there, there's another coach that not knowing him at all, just watching what I've seen on TV, watching him on the sidelines There's a guy that I'm rooting for to have a good, have a good successful career in a tough environment. Right. Yep. It's like, bro, you did not need that. Mm-mm. I know uh, Salah. He was at in, um, Houston with me along okay. with Matt LaFleur. So yes. both of them at the same time was with me with, with Kyle Shanahan. So three head coaches today and 07, 08. I believe they were they were still there in 09. I think you had Coobs, right? You had Gary Kubiak. I had Kubiak. I had Kubiak. Kubiak hey, Coobs is awesome, huh? Did you like him? Yeah. Uh we we got off on the wrong foot there. Like we he yeah. he like he didn't really know, he didn't really, I think, get to know me. Uh-huh. And so he took me as this guy that was all about myself, you know, and we had a conversation. Cause I was struggling because I had, my dad was a terminal liver cancer. Uh-huh. We just moved to a new team and I had a lot of the drama going on off the field with my, my daughters where it was kind of going on in green Bay a little bit too. That, uh-huh. but that was at its apex. So we had all yeah. that going on and uh-huh. he asked me a question and so we had a conversation cause I was, he, he could tell I was a little off, which I was cause I had a lot of off the field, you know, stuff I was dealing with. Uh-huh. And when I, he's like, I'm on, what's going on with you? And I'm like, well, man, you know, coach, I said, I'm struggling right now. And my dad, he's basically on his deathbed and they given him this many days or weeks to live. And, you know, he was, he was a guy, he was our, you know, he was our rock in our family for me, my brothers, my sister. And he basically goes, so, well, my dad's dying too. What's the problem? I'm like, that's a mistake. I say, Oh, you just lost me, bro. Yeah. yeah, that's tough. I was like, did you ever, Hey, did you, let me ask you this. Did you ever think about just not playing at that moment? Yes. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't think, I, didn't, I when I saw Randy Moss do it, I didn't really think it was a thing that you could do because I was so focused on, hyper-focused on playing. I'm like, can mm-hmm. I just take a, a miss? I got to need a mental, that was an 07, 08. I needed a mental break, literally. And if I knew I could physically, like actually did it, you know what, I'll rewind time and let's reset it. Like, let's take a two years, a year off, at least a year off yeah. to get all my facilities in order. You know, I had so much, we were, oh my God. And so when, I knew he was a good guy. I knew, but he was in a tough situation being at the Texas organization. As you know, now that Texas or that organization is still in flux. It's still stuff going on. It doesn't that make what sense. We're calling it? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'll call it. I'll be nice. By, by the way, by the way, they lost 31 to nothing yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'll be nice flux. by saying in flux, yeah, you know, cause yeah, back yeah. in the day when it first, when it was still fresh in my brain, I was saying all type of stuff. You know, when I once I they I couldn't wait till they released me. I couldn't wait between him and Rick Smith. Oh, it would it would have been some Latrell Sprewell going on. You know, you know what's tough about you know what's tough about football and sports in general. Ag is, is this happened to me? And right, it sounds like it happened to you a little bit. Is yep. you you spend your whole career building up this reputation of who you are. Yep, and I'm talking about who you are on the field. I'm talking about how you yeah. handle your business off the field, talking about whether you're approachable or not approachable. You, you have a rep, your reputation is, is, and usually, you know, we, you know, we try to build up, especially our professional reputation yeah. as guys that showed up to work every day. were always prepared, played their hearts out and this whole thing. And unfortunately you can have situations with individuals and organizations, organizations, maybe in a broader sense, right. That, that, damage that like it takes you know it's like you you know it takes that one that one person to come out and say something negative about and they can turn your whole 
Yeah. You turn the public perception around you real fast. It's funny when I was in, when I was in Seattle, I went to Seattle. Yeah, I, I was rehabbing a, um, I was rehabbing a, a bone bruise on my knee. I had, I had that in my, that happened in C, uh, Houston. Mm-hmm. That was one of the issues on top of everything else. I had a bone oh. bruise in my left, in my right knee. Yeah, so, I had the same so I, injury. I had this oh. bone bruise, and I obviously had my shoulder. And so I, mm-hmm. a lot of yeah, I remember on, your shoulders always were. And, right and I, they have they had just such a great crew, and I just had such a great time. This was in the off season, a great time being around them. I remember separately, multiple people in the building, strength coaches, athletic trainers, mm-hmm. came up to me and said, "What happened in Carolina?" Because right. because these very specific individuals that I had not got along with. Right, we're do we're going out of their way to badmouth me Oof. as often as possible. Right, right? When, you know they call up and oh, he, this guy's a problem. He's this, he's this, he's this, and they, he quit on the team. Like when I when I busted my shoulder, I played four or five games, didn't get an MRI, multiple tutorial shots, all the drugs, right. high as a kite when I'm playing, just do anything for the team. Bad idea, playing terrible, and, and playing, right. can't sleep at night. I demanded that I get. At my wife, actually, we played Monday Night Football in, in Philly. Right. I walk out to the uh, – we lost the game, close game. I walk out. I'm in a, I'm in a, a tank top T-shirt, white beater T-shirt, iced up. I'm so high from all the drugs, painkillers I'm on, that I don't right. recognize my wife's college roommate and introduce myself for the, as if I'm meeting her for the first time. Right. My wife's like, you're not playing another snap till you get another MRI because something's wrong with you. Right. So I went in the next day and was like, hey, man, I'm not playing another snap till I get this MRI. Correct. And before, and before anything happened, they knew it already. They put me on they, they put me on IR before I got the MRI. They just put me on IR. Same happened to me in Houston. Right, yep. right. And then go through the rehab. rehab. Anyways, like, a lot of stuff happens, right? And yes. we're all like, I'm just as guilty as anybody else. Like the way you handle situations and everything yeah. as far as interaction we're human. with humans. Yeah, right? we're humans. But then I, I remember I went there and I was like, man, I told those guys, I was like, man, that's stuff the Seattle guys. I go, you work your entire life to, to, to build up this reputation and people like that come and pounce on you, man. That's tough. It takes it takes one or two conversations. It's boom. It's like, what? Hold up. And it was after that. Yeah, too. After my two years there, it was kind of the word was out, you know, and I was like, I already knew, but I knew where it came from. I'm, and, and part of it was like, I'm not even mad because the conversation I had with Rick Smith, he knew where I stood. I let it be known. I was like, bro, because between the rehab or not the rehab, when they put me on IR and I had that conversation with Gary. So from that conversation to the time they put me on my IR is probably like two weeks. And so I'm steaming. I'm sulking. I'm I'm barely talking to my teammates. I'm not playing because I'm hurt. I got a bone breeze. And then Rick Smith calls me and then he puts the cherry on top with the conversation of, I sit down in his office and he tell, he asked me, he's like, you could tell he's real uncomfortable. He's doing this back and forth. He's moving in his chair. And I'm saying to myself, okay, he wants to ask me something that he does not want to ask me right now. I right. can totally tell. <laughs> I'm like, cause why is this grown man moving around like a five-year-old in his seat? And then finally he gets down, he stops and he's like, so am I, um, you know, with the knee thing, are you faking your injury? That's the best he could have done. That's the best. That's the best he could have come at you with. <laughs> I, I said, "Bro, 
If it wasn't this how this I said this how I was, Mike. I said if it wasn't for the way I was raised right now, I would reach across this table and knock yo, you know what, out. I gotta go because I'm gonna lose it. Let me leave. So I left. I caught got as soon as I stepped out of this office, I'm on the you know, his secretary's looking at me like crazy. I pull on my cell phone, call my agent, get me the F up out of Houston right now. Somebody might get hurt. I said, I don't want to hurt nobody. Get me out of here. Oh, my God. What happened to my web? He just asked me if I was faking my injury. I was just like, where am I at? Am I in the Matrix? This is the Matrix or I'm in limbo. Yeah. Where am I at? I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, I got to go. I drove home and I told my wife. She's upstairs, man. And we were just like, she's just like, oh, my God, right? She's like, what you, did you hit him? I'm like, no, I got out of there before I did. <laughs> I was like, I, like, I almost put my hands on him. You know, as bad as your wife's like, did you hit him? Wait, <laughs> that was the first. She's like, did you hit him? I'm like, no, I made it out. I made it out of the building, not touching anything. I didn't even go to my locker. I went, I went, I went by my locker to get my car keys and I walked out there. I ran out of there. I was like. Hey, I'm gonna sh- I'm go. gonna share a uh, I'm gonna share somebody else's story, and I'm not gonna name his name. But this is okay. the most gangster move I ever heard. You know, you know the story. You probably know the I know you know the guy. You might know. The okay, story. okay. So one of the one of the coaches calls up this guy's house, and his and his I, I can't remember if his fiance or wife picks up the phone. If it was fiance at the time or wife, right? Like right, I don't know right. if they're married or not yet. And they ask the coach asked for him, and. I don't, I don't know exactly what was said on the phone, but it was extremely unprofessional to the point where the woman was very, very upset. Okay. Right. Near, like near tears upset. Gotcha. So my man, my man walks into the room, walks, gets in the house. Hey, what's up? Sees she's upset. Mm -hmm. Gets on the phone, calls his coach. Where are you at? I'm in, I'm in the building. Okay. Hold up. I'll be there tomorrow morning. He got to catch a flight. This man goes and catches a flight, walks into the coach's meeting staff and just opens the door unannounced. You get out in the hallway. We got some talking to do. That's what I'm talking about. That's the most gangster move ever. That's gangster right there. <laughs> I, I, I'm all over that. I, woo-wee. That's when you know they didn't hit that button. He hit that button, like I said. If it was, if it was five, if it was ten year old Amon Green in that room, it'd have been some furniture moving. <laughs> it would have been some furniture, but it was thirty. I was 34, 33 at that time, thirty three. Yeah. So I had enough common. I had enough common sense still left in my body after he asked that question to be like. That's why I was like this. I was like, all right, don't don't do nothing. I was like, get out of here, Amon. <laughs> Hey, what you think, man? Do you think you have more sense, like common sense? Like, what? okay, let me, re- let me re- rephrase the question. Yeah. Were you more likely in your current state, are you more likely to break furniture today or when you were 22? I think I'd probably be more likely to do it today. I'll be honest with you. Uh, that's a good question. I'll punch stuff. Like, I'll punch a hole in the wall. That's what I, but I'll you know, say. But you know what? That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. So I'm saying, like, no, nah. because at 22 there was consequences, right? Yeah. You had your career. Like now you're like you're retired. It's like, oh well. I, I, I'll I go get... in the garage and find something that's <laughs> old and broken, and then break it some more. That's what I would do now. That's what I do now. When I'm angry, really angry, and I got to get it out, I go in the garage, which I got a lot of crap in the garage that we got to move out, and I just da 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 da. All right, I'm gonna buy you. I'm gonna send you a sledgehammer for Christmas, man. I have no, I have two, bro. 
You don't need that. <laughs> don't don't waste the shipping and handling. Save that money. Yeah. I got I got two sledgehammers that I'll beat stuff up with. So yes, man. Hey man, let's uh, let's let's wrap this up. Man. Let's, let's wrap it up, bro. Man. Yeah, that was a good talk, man. This is bi-week talk. That's bi-week. That's how you do That's it. That's right. That's how you do it. So uh check us out. Um you can download us anywhere, uh, iHeart, Spotify, wherever you download your podcast, and you could go on to on my block on Twitter handle. That's O-N underscore M-Y underscore block on Twitter. Find us, share us, friend us, then retweet us. And I know Mike, once he gets the the uh, all the podcasts ready to go, he'll put it up there and then you can tweet it and listen to it and all that fun stuff. Comment, give us questions, give us the feedbacks, ask us questions on the Twitter question where you have the captions where you can ask us questions in the DM or what have you. And then I'm on Facebook and Twitter at Amon Green 30, all one word, and also on Instagram. And so, Mike, let everybody know where you can find, where they can yeah, find man, you. Yeah, man, I followed your suit, man. I got off, uh, I, my Twitter handle is just MikeWall68, Postures to Perform still on Instagram. And then, yeah, you want to check me out on fa- for, for anybody who's on Facebook, I'm just, you know, just my name, Mike Wall, Postures to Perform. Yep, this continuity. That's why I did it that way. Like, people know me. In this world, it's this. Keep it simple. No, no, you, you're, you're a smart man. It's like it's like the same thing. Like you remember the first time I went into the Apple Store and they're like, "Hey, man, I we need a, a name for your new account." And I was like, you know, most people would just say their name, Mike Wall. I was like, and this is literally the best thing I come up with in three seconds. I was like, Bald Marauder. Looked him right in the eye, like I was a superhero. I was like, my superhero name is Bald Marauder. He's like, okay. <laughs> you probably scared him. You probably scared well, yeah, him. Yeah, it's like twenty three years ago, man. I still got the same account. Ah, oh, there you go. There you go. So, yeah, <laughs> Ball Marauder in the house along with Batman HE30. That's my gamer tag right there. All right. Uh, but we have that up here in a day or two. But thanks for listening to the podcast and see you next week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Introducing the Dunkin' Run, a dollar donut with any medium coffee. A whole new era of... I'm going on a Dunkin' Run. You want anything? Yeah, maybe a jelly donut and an iced coffee? You got it. Wait, actually, glazed donut and a hot coffee. Mm. Okay, back on track. Make it a Dunkin' Run. Get a $1 donut with any medium coffee. America runs on Dunkin'. Exclude specialty donuts and fancies. Offer valid on medium or larger coffees. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.